The following program is underwritten by... Do you have an anxious dog? Maybe one that suffers from travel sickness or is afraid of thunderstorms? If so, you need the Anxiety Wrap from the Company of Animals. The Anxiety Wrap can help comfort your dog from fearful situations. Order yours today at www.companyofanimals.us. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Well, welcome, my friend. It is week three of our new pet product special. I'm just taking a little look at... It's always good when the first word out of your mouth is... Is it that happening? It's just happening. I love that. And uh, so far, we've had something for the cats, something for the dogs, and today, another something for the dogs. We'll have giveaways in just a few minutes. And let me tell you, it's a little piece of electronic gadgetry. And there's more and more of these things are showing up, like a Global Pet Expo. I'm seeing all these GPS devices, Uh all these electronic devices. I think that's so cool. And uh, so we'll, we'll give away some of what this special mystery pet product is coming up in just a few minutes right here on Animal Radio. Tammy, what are you working on over there in the newsroom? Well, you know, summer is getting pretty close here, and that means the weather's getting hot. And that means we're going to have those horrible stories about animals getting stuck in hot cars. Mm. But you just mentioned gadgetry, Hal. Yes. I have got a brilliant one. It's not on the market yet, but a brilliant one designed by an intern at one of these high-tech companies, and this young lady, i got to tell you, if this thing takes off, she's going to be famous. Oh, this wow. is fantastic. I can't wait to hear mm-hmm. about this. Also on the show today, Animal Radio Veterinary Correspondent Dr. Marty Becker is back. What do you got on the docket? Internet rumors. You know, the one about this pet food is killing my pet, this parasite product is killing my pet. How do you know fact from fiction? Okay, that's on the way. Exciting, because, you know, anything's on the Internet. You can find <laughs> anything you want on the Internet, and it may not be true that's true we'll break those myths today right here on that's Animal the only Radio. truth about it uh, if you want to talk to dr debbie or dog father joey volani now's the time to put your fingers in the phone and call one 405 8405 hi kim how are you doing i'm good thank you how are you very good where are you i'm in alexandria virginia so i'm in the washington dc area okay and what's up with you today Oh, well, I adopted this um, beautiful male Maine Coon from a family about a year ago. They had to give him up because they had a baby who he was trying to assert his dominance in the household, and he was starting to attack the baby. Mm. So clearly the infant had to come first, and so they had to give him up, and I adopted him. Um, And he's a healthy, happy, well-adjusted cat in every way except he chews everything like a puppy and he's destroyed hundreds of dollars of worth of stuff it's Mm. furniture Mm. clothing cables plastic metal i mean it's and then i tried to choose metal yes metal metal hangers from the um a dry cleaner i mean i've never it's like he's I don't know what's going on with them. I'm just close to calling a pet psychic or something because I cannot <laughs> figure it out. And I've used well, that's the bitter one avenue. <laughs> <laughs> the bitter chew spray didn't work. Tin foil didn't work. Um, um, pe- pepper paste from the, um, you know, uh, Indian curry, the hot pepper paste that didn't work. Mm-hmm. No, we're talking about a cat here. I just yeah. want to make sure. Okay. He's a he's a Maine Coon, and I asked his vet, and the vet said, "Well, the breed, you know, they tend to be kind of mouthy." And I said, "Well, that doesn't really help me." Because um, you're walking with your clothes all chewed up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's incredible. He's he's destroyed all kinds of stuff. 
And I don't know what to do about it because I'm worried about him getting hurt. I left um, a wood coat hanger, one of the thick, nicer kind, and he chewed up one whole end of it and had little splinters in his mouth. Oh, yeah. I was just going to ask you if he's been eating any of these things, if he actually chews to, for the purpose of ingesting it? Nope. It's strictly, it's it's just, it's like somebody chewing gum. He's just chewing on it, um, Mm -hmm. teething. Okay. Well, I would say that when your vet said that, you know, some cats have a higher, like, an oral need to chew, that is true. And um, with what you've got going on, there's really a couple things that I would suggest to try to manage through this. And the biggest thing is um, that, um, oh, I forgot to ask you, Kim, does your kitty stay inside or out to go outside? He's 100% indoor, and I work very long hours. For an indoor kitty, um, and especially if you are working long hours, then some of this type of behavior, for cats to chew, we're not, you know, you don't hear about this a lot, but some cats do this just like dogs do, kind of as a soothing, kind of a, um, you know, gives them some kind of sense of calm. So, you know, there may be that kind of oral need to chew on things, and it may just be he's bored. Um, so part of my prescription for you is going to be we're going to need to really set up some established activity and play sessions for him. And um, for a cat that we're fighting something like this, I would prescribe at least three to four play sessions a day where we are doing something active, you know, cat dancer toys, um, kind of things where we make him jump and run around or, you know, chase you around the house, things like that, because we have to get his level of activity up. Um, you know, a tired pet is one that's less likely to have some uh, behavioral problems. And it's okay. kind of hard to make a cat run on a treadmill, <laughs> but that's the, the basic thing we got to get him something else to do and something else to focus on during his day. Um, Some ways that we can do that um, when you're not around and try to help kind of feed that need to chew is to give him things that make him work for um, a treat. Um, So rather than just kind of put food out for him, I would, you know, kind of make it a little bit more challenging for him. They they do have certain, uh, like, Kong toys, certain kind of uh, rubberized toys where there's food inside, and you can hide treats and hide food in there. We want to make it kind of almost like a little uh, Rubik's Cube kind of puzzle where we have to kind of stimulate his mind and his activity in order to get some uh, food items. Um, And and then there are some places we can redirect this, um, like um, the kitty grass that you can grow. Um, I would say, you know, I would line your sills with it and grow it for this boy because, you know, if he likes to chew on things, that's something we can direct him to. Um, and then some of the safer things like paper bags, uh, you know, those would be a good alternative, um, not as likely to be damaging, um, but where you can provide that for him to hide in, play in. And if he chews on a paper bag, no big deal. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm sorry, I was going to say, part of the problem is he is unusually intelligent. I've grown up with lots of pets, um, cats, dogs, bunnies, you know, turtles, you name it. And I've never had a pet in in my whole life that is as highly intelligent as Cosmo. And that's part of the problem is he's constantly outsmarting me. I keep the yeah. TV on and I try to stimulate his brain as much as I can, but I think, I don't know, I <laughs> just... The chewing is, yeah. is killing me. And I think that that definitely sounds, if that's his personality, you know, it is. It's kind of like having a kid in a class below their ability and their level. You know, there's just nothing to do, so they may get bored and kind of start up trouble in yeah. class. <laughs> so, yeah, and I definitely, you know, work on, you know, getting him active, getting those uh, substitute treats out. And, you know, I've even had a cat or two that I've trained to uh, rawhide chews. 
as an acceptable alternative. How do, you, how do you get them to do that? Because I got him some rawhide treats, and he could care less. He wasn't remotely interested. And then he got my shoes and tore those apart. <laughs> Yeah. Um, first, I take the rawhide and I soak part of it in uh, water, just okay. so it kind of gets kind of mushy and slimy, and then offer that as an alternative uh, for okay. the chewing behavior. And you can't, every cat won't go to it, but if he likes chewing on wood and uh, metal, um, you know, hopefully that will be an acceptable alternative. And, and it might be, you know, he is so smart that we might have to make really fun games for him as ways to find food and treats in the house. So that might be something to really kind of think about what might work in your home situation where you can kind of give him some little surprises and you got to mix it up because cats will figure it out and um, you got to keep it fresh all the time. Thank you. Thank you for the advice. I will give the rawhide and the other um, planned activities a try and see how it goes. 1-866-405-8405. I believe we have Susan on the phone. Yes, hello. Hi, Susan. How are you doing? I'm well. Thank you very much. Very good. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from Pennsylvania. Where in Pennsylvania? That's a big state. It is. I'm just west of Philadelphia. Okay, very good, very nice. You're on with Dr. Debbie. Hi, Dr. Well, hi, Debbie. Hi, Susan. I have a Rottweiler puppy that's eight months old, okay. and I'm. I don't want him to get over heavy, but I'd like to know what you would suggest as far as getting weight on him, putting weight on him. He is a very active Rottweiler. Um, okay. Are you concerned that he's too skinny right now? Yes. And is that something that when you, have you, has your veterinarian said that, or is it just something when you look at him, you think, eh, it looks a little too lean to me? No, I'm just looking at him and thinking he looks a little too lean. Um, his ribs are covered. You know, he has been uh, dewormed on a regular basis. And, and like I said, he's very active. I've had a Rottweiler previous, prior to him, um, and this one's just a lot more active, and I, I think he burns a lot more energy. Uh-huh. And um, I don't want to feed him a food that's real high in protein. So I'm just kind of in a quandary. What, what you would suggest would be the best in order to keep weight on him okay. and yet feeding him a healthy food for his growth. Okay, um, because he is a Rottweiler, I'm going to definitely say a large breed-based diet is important, and that's because we don't want to have a very rapid growth rate um, in a lot of these large breed dogs, because that can actually hasten problems like hip dysplasia and elbow dysplasia. So we want to actually we look for a slow but steady growth rate. So. It, and the other thing that I would really be looking at with him is um, there's something called body condition scoring. And it's kind of like when you go into the doctor's office and they say, you need to drop to 10 pounds or you need to gain 10 pounds. Sometimes it's the number, but more common, we actually look at the physical condition of the pet. And that's what body condition scoring is. So if you're filling his ribs with just a gentle pressure and you can feel the outlines, that's not bad. That's what we want. What we don't want is we don't want to be touching those ribs and have to put pressure about half a centimeter, two centimeters, and go through fat before you hit those ribs because then we know we're actually over conditioned and that's actually bad for not only things like hip dysplasia but other orthopedic problems. So I would prefer to see most large breed dogs a little bit lean and um, you know as long as he's not skinny to the point where we got hip bones sticking out or you can see his ribs from across the room, 
I actually prefer to keep him lean. And as they get older, you know, he will put weight on. And uh, as long as everything else is in really good shape and he's not, you know, sick or he's not having problems with GI problems, then I'm very comfortable with that. But you have to be comfortable with that. And I don't know, can you can you do that, Susan? Oh, yes, I can. That's, that's kind of what I was looking for, um, your opinion in that, because... Like I said, there are, you know, his hip bones aren't showing. Um, good. When I run my hands down his side, I can feel his ribs, but no, I cannot see his ribs. So I just want to make sure that that's doing right by him because I don't want to get him so, you know, too heavy to, you know, do damage to his hips or his shoulders. Right. And, and you're and right to be I'm concerned. Not- In America, everyone gets used to seeing kind of pleasantly plump dogs and then this is a problem with our society we really get used to seeing the slightly fat dog and thinking that looks normal so you probably have him in good condition and don't let anybody else make you think otherwise this is dr debbie with animal radio underwriting for animal radio comes from world's best cat litter if you were like me and you were tired of wasting your money on giant boxes of litter that don't last then you'll be pretty glad that i've mentioned world's best cat litter it is the only litter with concentrated power so even a small bag will last 30 days mine go about four to six weeks holy moly mm-hmm. if you want to learn more at their website www.tryworldsbest.com and thanks guys for underwriting animal radio Dogs exemplify the very best of humankind. If that's ironic, it's also intentional. Because we created dogs as we know them. New, more perfect beings that didn't exist in nature until we humans realized we needed them. To be our protector and our companion. An embraceable furnace and fluffy pillow. To be shepherds and nannies, peace officers and visionaries, grief counselors and loneliness banishers. Dogs fulfill our practical and emotional needs in a thousand ways. They enrich our lives, keep us from harm's way, complete our families, teach us what it means to live in the moment and to age with courage and dignity. In short, dogs help us reach our potential as humans, and we can return the favor. You can help your dogs reach their potential and live their best, longest, healthiest life. It's a promise you make when you bring a dog into your home and your heart to do whatever you can to understand, love, and care for them. Voice is a way for you to fulfill that promise. Voice is more than just an activity tracker or a fitness band. It's not just a website or cloud-based data that you and your vet can access. And voice is more than the only professional-grade product on the market that not only helps detect illness, but help to prevent it. Ultimately, Voice is more than a tool. It's a shared experience that deepens your connection to your dog and your dog's connection to you. Voice. Understand your dog like never before. Hi, this is Paul Reiser, and you're listening to Animal Radio. Every minute you're here, you're not harming someone else. I don't know what that means. Usable, use it, otherwise cut it and get out. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. It's Animal Radio, celebrating our connection with our pets toll-free 
Here's the number, 1-866-405-8405 to reach out to Dr. Debbie or dog father, Joey Volani. Just a few minutes, our new pet product special continues, and we'll have giveaways, gadgetry giveaways with this great invention just around the corner. Also, Dr. Marty Becker, our veterinary correspondent, will be reporting on, I understand, internet rumors. Is that the that you find on the internet? You know how social media gets things started these days? Stories. Yeah, oh, I think, yeah. I think he's going to be talking specifically about the Beneful recall. Or not the recall, uh-huh. but the Beneful poisonings. Mm. I'm not sure. That may be on the docket with the doc. In just a few minutes, and we'll find out. Also, our hero today is uh, now. You got to help me pronounce this posthumously. 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 I'll try to get it right before the interview here. Please. So that means that uh, the the hero this week is no longer with us. Is that that's correct? right? Has passed over. Correct. Okay. Well, that's interesting. Tammy, what are you working on over there in the newsroom? Well, you know, we have always these lost dog stories with the happy ending that the dog gets returned home, and we all celebrate, and Uh I love that. But I've got one that goes a step further. When the lady who lost the dog sues the person who took the dog and wins. And wins. And wins. wins. Okay. This is a good story. And it's on the way with Tammy Trujillo in just a few minutes. Let's hit the phones. Toll free. 1-866-405-8405. Hey, Violet. How are you doing? Fine. How are you? Good. Where are you calling from today? Uh, California over in Arcadia. Over in Arcadia. Okay. What's going on? What's uh, the animals okay? I have okay? a puppy here I'm babysitting. Uh-huh. And they're actually, he's, she's actually eating poop. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yummy stuff, isn't it? <laughs> yes, I catch her every single time. Yeah. Is she eating her own poop or other dog's poop? Other dog's poop. <laughs> and so she's not your dog? She's just in no, your care for some mine, time? No, I have her for two months. Oh, okay. All right. Well, you got a little time. You can work with this. Um, and eating poop is definitely a very normal behavior that dogs have. So uh, we have to remember our dogs are not some kind of weirdos. This is actually a normal behavior that the mother dog does when she has little newborns. Um, they, she has to lick and clean their backsides and ingest their urine and feces. So that's kind of what they have to do to stimulate them and also to keep those predators away and keep all those signals away from those predators. So um, the trick is... Um, there is no single trick. <laughs> a lot of, a lot of it gets down to supervision and redirecting attention to other things. So for me, it's all about exhausting a puppy, not letting them get bored and hanging out around the stool. So pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. Um, and definitely supervise the dog when they're out in the potty area. Um, but really we have to exhaust dogs, get them tired. And if she does go run into the poop i don't make a big deal about it i just kind of redirect i carry a squeaky toy and go squeaky 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 and i make the dog follow me um so for me that's kind of my big thing and how i like to manage that and then just not chasing them uh, because that definitely will make the game more fun she's funny she's a little shih tzu but she's cute as a button (laughs) but i've just never seen them have go to town on it (laughs) They do. There's something just delightful. And, you know, cat poop is even better. So uh, I guess mm-hmm. you should be thankful it's just the dog poop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm glad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, be well. And stay in touch with us. Okay. I know you will. Toll free. one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. Hey, did you know underwriting to make animal radio possible comes from voice? I didn't know that. Well, now you do. Voice is the wearable band that monitors your dog's key health indicators, including a resting heart rate 
breathing rate and all of the activity. You can make sure that your dog sitter is showing up on time. Your, hey, your dog wait, walker. Wait, wait. I'm a dog walker. That could you know really hurt my business. <laughs> Get exclusive content from experts on health, nutrition, training, and behavior by giving your dog a voice. I'm going to go check it out at mydogsvoice.com. That's mydogsvoice.com. And Dr. Debbie, who has guinea pig written all over her face today. What, what's up, girlfriend? Hey, you know, we've had a, a, a really fun case and very interesting. And, and this is so common that I think it's very important that our listeners tune into this. Okay. So female guinea pigs um, develop problems with the reproductive tract. And we have a gal here who has lost a lot of hair on her body, on both her right and her left sides of her body. Um, she's in good shape otherwise, um, but her belly's kind of big and bloated. Um, and what she actually has is cystic ovaries. Cystic ovary. What is that? Cystic ovaries. So her ovaries, the reproductive organs um, in the female, um, have uh, expanded in size. And they're actually very fluid-filled. And they release hormones. Hormones like testosterone that cause the hair loss. Um, wow. Eventually, they, it can create them to become quite ill. Um, and actually, 75% of older female guinea pigs actually have this condition. Well, how do you so get it? it? Is, it just happens. Most guinea pigs aren't spayed. So because those ovaries are in there, they keep growing. And with time, they become bigger and bigger. And actually, this gal, we just spayed her yesterday and removed her ovaries, which were the size of almost golf balls. Wow. So, um, very uh, significant type of disease that these guys get, but we can treat it. So, um, it's one argument why you might spay your guinea pig. Yeah, better than treating it, prevent it. Right. Absolutely. The- and and hopefully this gal does good. Um, some female pigs get really quite sick from it. So, we're, we're hoping she, she's on the mend soon here. How old is she and how long do they normally live? Uh, most guinea pigs, about five to six years is their life expectancy. And I believe she's right around that zone, about five years of age. Okay, well, all our prayers for her. If you have a question about your guinea pig, your flamingo, your uh, <laughs> your artichoke. Oh, that's not an animal. That's a vegetable, isn't it? I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> your cat or your dog. 1-866-405-8405. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. This is Doug Gray, the Marshall Tucker Band, and forever you'll always be listening to Animal Radio. Keep loving those pets. This is an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Supplies with thousands of quality products at low prices every day so you save on every order. Visit fosterandsmith.com. I'm Tammy Trujillo. Missing pet stories don't always have the endings we hope for, but this one does, and then some. A woman in Seattle, Washington's dog went missing while she was at a pub in September of 2012. Mary Wolf went crazy looking for her dog, including dealing with some frightening and threatening emails and messages. It took nine months and a lot of detective work, much of it by some very brilliant local rescuers. But her dog, Nala, was found and reunited with Mary. But here's the end of the story. You don't mess with Mary. After finding out who took her beautiful dog, the whole matter ended up in court. And the judge found that a woman, Chris Riley, who'd also been at the pub that night in 2012, had stolen Nala from in front of the pub, knowing she had no authority to do so, and knowing that Wolf was Nala's lawful owner. Riley was not only found guilty of theft, but also ordered to pay $27,000 in damages. 
There is only one northern white male rhinoceros left on the planet. Think about that for a moment. His home is at a conservancy in Kenya. He's named Sudan, and it's up to him to save his species. There are only two female northern white rhinos there, and together they are three of the last five remaining northern white rhinos in the world. The rhinos have been pushed to the verge of extinction by poaching that's been going on now since the 60s. A rhino's horn can sell at prices upwards of $75,000 per kilo. That's just over two U.S. pounds. Now, thank goodness there are people who want to make sure the northern white rhino doesn't just become a memory. A team of conservationists and scientists are turning to artificial fertilization techniques in a desperate attempt to save the species. Cell samples will be collected and stored while scientists run appropriate tests before they can attempt to use a southern white rhino as a surrogate. Let's hear it for Madrid, Spain. Lawmakers there have passed a historic bill banning the killing of stray animals. The new law makes abandoning pets and euthanizing homeless dogs illegal in Spain's capital and largest city. The animal rescue and advocacy group El Refugio has been fighting for 19 years to make Madrid and the surrounding areas no kill. They did it with a series of petitions and lots of help from local residents and volunteers from all over that country. I'm Tammy Trujillo. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Supplies. Visit FosterAndSmith.com for pet supplies selected by veterinarians with 100% satisfaction guaranteed. Doctors Foster and Smith, your trusted source for quality, affordable pet supplies. Veterinarian owned with veterinary expertise behind every product. Doctors Foster and Smith has thousands of name brand pet products, including pet medications, all with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Low prices every day, so you save on every order with free shipping on orders $49 or more. Fast service delivered right to your door. Shop online at fosterandsmith.com because your pet's health and happiness come first. You know canine caviar for their great human-grade ingredients in your dog's food. We now continue that tradition and excellent pet nutrition with seven single-serving cat food trays. We love our cats and dogs, and that's why we're featuring all human-grade tuna, salmon, and chicken proteins with other hand-chosen ingredients to promote proper nutrition. They're in environmentally friendly, recyclable, BPA-free plastic trays. Look for canine and feline caviar products at your local pet supply store or online. For more information, call 800-392-7898. Hi, this is Jenna Fisher on Animal Radio. Please stay and neuter your animals. Hi, I'm Charlotte Ross on Animal Radio. Please remember to stay and neuter your pets. Animal Radio's Hero People is underwritten by Zuterin, a non-surgical alternative to dog castration. One injection provides a safe, permanent, and virtually painless alternative to surgical castration. Learn more at www.zuterin.com. That's Z-E-U-T-E-R-I-N.com. It is time for yet another hero on Animal Radio. And if you would like to nominate someone to be a Hero of the Week, be sure to send your email to your voice at animalradio.com. This week, a very special memorial. Thane Hamilton is joining us. Hi, Thane. How are you doing? I'm doing just fine today. The hero today is your wife, 
who passed in 2013, February of 2013. Is that correct? Yes, it is. Okay. You uh, started the Gray Muzzle Rescue. Did you do this with her? Yeah, Chris and I started it in 2003. We were longtime friends, and, uh, and through a series of events, we ended up being married in 2003, and... Uh, and it was kind of her idea. She had a couple of rescue dogs, and we just started rescuing more and more and decided that's what we wanted to do with our lives. Well, it's a great thing to do. Where Where is your rescue? We're on Orcas Island in the San Juan Island chain, just off of the Washington coast. We're real close to the border of Canada. Wow, it sounds like a beautiful place, too. Is there a big uh, animal problem there? Um, we don't have an animal problem here. In fact, most of the time, our animal shelter is empty. <laughs> um, uh, this is a real island-friendly dog and real island-friendly county. Um, most of the dogs we get come from all over the nation, and we're hooked up with a number of different rescues, and we rescue really the worst of the worst abuse cases, eight dogs and such. So I'm assuming gray muzzle. To me, that sounds elderly. Like seniors? Most of the dogs that we were getting for a time were older dogs, and we kind of had a 10-year rule. But, of course, some of the stories that come to you, you're just called to take on, and we've even done puppies that were going to get their voice boxes surgically removed um, so they could sell them to apartments. And so we've done puppies that were six mm. weeks old, too. We are uh, celebrating your wife because she uh, she did something very special uh, before she passed. She had a terminal illness. Is that is that true? Yeah, she had an internal bleeding problem. And she made a decision that would affect so many animals. Can you tell listeners what that decision was? Well, we were at a point in our lives where neither one of us had health insurance due to some industrial accidents that both of us had had happen to us. And so we were um, both living on a, on a limited income with no medical insurance. And we were in an ICU at one point for three days, and we and they actually checked us out of the ICU and told us we needed to find a, a separate care for her. Of course, we didn't have that money, so we came home, and we um, got a, a do not forms sign. Thank you. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm thing. sorry you cut out Are you there. moving? Yes. And so we had to make a choice at that point. Whether we would run up another hospital bill if that happened again and take the possibility of losing this property and the dog rescue that we've both just given our lives to. And so we made that choice to uh, not go to the hospital again if it was either one of us. And it happened to be her just a year and a half later. It was her again. And so she chose not to go. Wow. wow. And that's, so until so Gray Muzzle was born, it was in her last wishes that I would continue the operation and continue to write and uh, rescue dogs. And um, and so I've kept with her wish. Um, oh, I've got goosebumps. That's just. How that's... many animals are you taking care of today? Right now we have 15 of all different breeds. We, um, we do a lot of great Pyrenees because we're one of those lucky people that have the room for those dogs to run. Big dogs. And not very many people can do the big dogs, extra large, they call them. <laughs> um, and so, you know, they run around 150 pounds. So to keep seven or eight of those dogs around, it takes quite a bit of area. And it takes a little bit of money too, doesn't it? Well, it does take a little bit of money. That's for sure. It, it's, it's, it's a lifestyle that you choose, and then you don't do anything else. But <laughs> And there's many rescuers out there like us that do this kind of thing, that their whole life is dogs. You have uh, started a GoFundMe account? 
But actually, it was done over a documentary by Talk It Up TV and Annie Havland, and she actually started to go fund me after our site went. Well, it's I, it's nearly gone to a million people now on YouTube alone. Hmm. The story on our rescue, and so she started to go fund me over all the requests. And I think as of today, it's around sixty-five thousand dollars in like eight days. We were we're just still stunned. We wow. we just wow. don't even know how That's to fantastic. thank people enough. It came from all over the world, and people just really heard what we were doing and were touched and. That's always been our goal, was to get the message out about these dogs. And, and so now, all of a sudden, our dream has come true, and Chris's dream has actually come true. It was what she really wanted to do with this thing, and it was kind of her brainchild. And I, you know, we took it up together, and then I just kept going because it was, you know, it was our dream. Mm. So I'm lucky enough now... Um, after two years, I have a partner, and I we're engaged. Her name is Carol Matthews. Congratulations! Helping us continue that dream, and she was a rescuer from Nebraska, and we met over all of our dog rescues together, and she did great <laughs> journeys as well. Oh, wow! What a wonderful story, and yeah. I thank you for sharing it with us. That was incredible. That was like a biblical story almost. When you really think about it, you yeah. know, she sacrificed herself for the animals, and wow, I, I don't know, my pets would. Be as lucky. Can't get to the hospital. (laughs) (laughs) You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at animalradio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Hi, everybody. This is Frankie Avalon, and I love Animal Radio. Keep listening. Listening to Animal Radio, you lucky dog. I'm just taking a peek at today's new pet product for our new pet product special. I'm trying to figure it out. It's pretty cool. Pretty cool <laughs> device. You don't have to stick around to it find looks out. Cool. What, it does. Yeah. Look. High tech. It it is high tech, and we're going to give this one away here by the end of the show. Can't tell you what it is. It's a tease. Hopefully, you'll stick around for that. Of course, last week. Uh, for the new pet product special, we have the green interactive feeder from Company of Animals. Great device to slow down your animals and to slow down Joey Villani from eating the animalized in and out burger oh. fast. <laughs> so put the burger right in there. I'm not going to live that down. <laughs> no, you won't. Uh, and then our first week, our product number five, as we count down, was Kitty Kush Catnip, which is like the freshest way to deliver catnip to your kitties. And uh, so there you go. If you want to talk to Joey or Dr. Debbie, give us a call toll-free at 1-866-405-8405. Veterinary correspondent Dr. Marty Becker will be joining us. He's going to be talking about Internet rumors. I think specifically he's going to be talking about the Beneful uh, rumors about so many animals that have expired by eating Beneful. Oh, I thought you were talking about Kim Kardashian's butt or something, Internet rumors, you know. Yeah. Speaking of rumors, of course, this is no rumor. I'm just speaking of the Internet, I guess. <laughs> and our Facebook page over at Animal Radio. Uh, if you go there on Wednesdays, we have what's called our Wacky Wednesday Contest, where you get to upload your wackiest pet pictures. And for the most likes and shares, we offer some pretty darn good prizes, if I might say so myself. This week, what do we have? We have from Dream Bones, we have a fun basket of non 
rawhide chew. Non-rawhide. Not, yes. Now, I'm not a big fan of rawhide. Me neither, but this is a chew that has all the benefits of the rawhide, but it doesn't have any rawhide in it. It's actually made with vegetables and grains and real chicken, and they've made it to look like a rawhide, but it's not. I bet it's safer than a rawhide. It's cool. safer, it's healthier, it's it's 99% uh, fat-free, and it's great for their dental care, and you get a whole basket full, a whole fun basket full. Okay, if you want to pick up on that, you got to upload your wacky Wednesday pictures of your pet. If you don't have any, go ahead and take some. And if you want to just play along, you can uh, like and vote for some of the pictures over at Facebook at Animal Radio. But I warn you, it's a rabbit hole. <laughs> You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on, learn more. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Underwriting for Animal Radio is made possible by Company of Animals. You have a dog that doesn't travel well. I get anxious when I travel. Um, uh, the guys over at the Company of Animals understand how hard travel and fireworks and all those things can be for your dog. So they've invented the anxiety wrap, and it keeps your dog cool and calm while traveling. Here's how it works. It applies gentle pressure to specific acupressure points in the body and the hind legs. They figured this out. They know wow. where the acupressure points are, and they made it so this little anxiety wrap, this little burrito wrap, <laughs> makes them comfy and happy. Helping to keep your dog calm. They're being oh, wait swaddled. A so two of my dogs love the car and um, two hate it. And and the two um, the two that hate it in the car, that would be wonderful, actually. Well, you know what? Here we're we're gonna actually. I'm gonna give you one. We have one over here. What what size? Which dogs? Um, it's Peanut and Simon, and they're both about um, 25 pounds. 25 pounds. Judy, get uh, him one of these before one. he leaves today. And then he has to report back. You have to report back on it. I know you'll be so happy. You, you got it. You got it. I learned more at uh, www.companyofanimals.us. Just suggestion. Just saying. <laughs> hey, they got good stuff and just in general, everything. I believe we have Jenny on the phone. Hi, Jenny. How are you doing? I have an issue with my English bulldog. She's seven years old, so she's pretty set in her ways and cannot keep her off the couch. Just jumping on the couch? Yeah, and she knows that she's not supposed to do it uh, because if there's humans around, she won't do it. And as soon as we leave the room or leave the house, she's right up there. And so she's been spending most of her time locked in her cage when we're not home. Okay, and does she get destructive on the on the couch, or you just don't want her around there because you don't want her hair or the mess, or well, what is it exactly? Yeah, she's she um she doesn't really do anything to it, but she does shit, and you know sometimes she doesn't smell the best, and um, <laughs> and bulldogs do sometimes have a lot of drool and <laughs> things she does like that. Drool. She does drool. So when we just got a new couch, um, so. Right now, more than ever, we're trying to correct the problem, and I just need some advice. Okay. And um, is this um, something, has she always been on the bed or on the on the couch, and is she allowed on other furniture in the home? No, she, we used to have carpet, so she she never got up on the couch then, and the house we have now is now, so I, I'm assuming that's why, although I do give her uh, a doggy bed to sleep on. 
I guess that's not enough for her. She wants to be up on the couch. Well, yeah, definitely. So does she sleep in bed with you at night, or is she on the um, doggy bed or on the couch? No, she. well, she, we have to lock her up at night because otherwise she'll get up on the couch. Okay, so that's her preference. She'll take the couch over, even sleeping with you guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, this, this can be a really big problem for those who don't like their pets on their furniture. Um, if If we want to train her, to not get on the couch, we've got to make sure that we're giving her a really good alternative. And we want to make sure that that alternative location, the, the doggy bed, is it's, it's nice, it's comfy, and, you know, meets her needs. And then we also need to kind of have it in that same vicinity. Um, we don't want to expect her to go to the back laundry room to sleep if she'd rather be out in the center where the couch is. So right. it needs to be in that area. Um, to kind of keep her away from the areas, there's a lot of different techniques. And, you know, for dogs, sometimes they're a little bit more overpowering and they can knock some of these things off. But um, we don't want her to actually have access to this couch area at all. So if you have to keep her locked up at night or isolated from this area, that's certainly one important step because the more she goes and sits on that couch and enjoys it, it, it feeds that behavior and it's going to make it more and more difficult to get her to have the idea that this is something that's not allowed at any time of the day. And if you're not there, you can't discipline her and say, get off the couch, get on your doggy bed. Um, so that limiting of access when you're not around is really important. Um, now, just for training purposes, you know, if she's around the house and you're walking around cooking dinner and everyone's kind of walking around and she's kind of wanting to get up on that couch, one of the most important things that I would want you to not do is is I'm not a real fan of grabbing at the dog or, hey, no, get down and yelling. The most important thing I'd say is to try to use some non-confrontational uh, ways to get her off the couch. So we, we put like a light leash on her, maybe a gentle lead harness, the kind that goes over the nose, looks like a little bridle for a horse, and you leave that on her. So if you see her up there, you kind of gently grab that leash, you call her and say, Come here. Look what I got. I got a goodie. We got this little dog bed down here. And you call her down there and you gently kind of remind her with that leash. You don't yank her off the couch. But you bring her to a place that's more exciting, that's got more fun, more food, more entertainment than that couch. And you work on that. Um, now, if you have to put a deterrent up in there, um, you know, there's some things like the scat mats, the little cat mats that give a little static uh, electricity if they jump up there. Um, one thing that I find with dogs and furniture works pretty nice is actually taking a carpet runner, um, you know, the kind for like on a plush carpet, and you turn it upside down on the couch. And you leave it there as a deterrent so that they don't find that nice, cozy, comfy spot. Um, and, and some of those different things that you might be able to try. And I don't know if you've actually tried any of those techniques, Jenny, at trying to keep her away from that? No, we've actually only, um, we've gone to stacking the cushions up when we leave. And what does that do for her? Well, she just gets up there anyway and lays on the, on the box couch. Uh-huh. So... It's like she doesn't care if the cushion's there or not. And jump up there. <laughs> yeah. So now, if, uh, I mean, some some dogs. I mean, you can try some of these deterrents, and if they don't seem to work. You know, then I'd say you're faced with kind of a decision there. Um, you know, if we have trouble getting her off and away from this couch, we kind of make some accommodations occasionally. <laughs> um, you know, it's kind of like a give and take relationship uh, where you may make a decision to say, you know, she can have the couch. We'll put uh, a cover on during the day, um, or you know, put um, you know one of these other devices on there to keep her away from that. Um, so I think you've got some opportunities there. It just depends on how motivated you are to want to keep her off that couch and how much everyone else in the household supports you on that. 
Yeah, I think I'll try the carpet thing because, um, you know, I think laying on her doggy bed would be softer than the back side of a, a carpet runner. Yeah, absolutely. And then make sure that, you know, that dog bed is close, it's comfy, you know, make it a place where you give her treats and rewards and love um, so so that that becomes the preferred spot. And, uh, you know, I think you'll be able to get through it. Um, but, you know, but it's hard. I'm a tough mom, and I don't love my dogs on the furniture, and it's just kind of something they've learned that I'll sit on the floor and scratch their head and let them drool all over me. And, uh, you know, that's where our dog fun happens. It just doesn't happen on the furniture in my house. But uh, this is Dr. Debbie. Give me a call at one 405 Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Okay, I'm looking at the device or the gadget that is our new pet product for today, and it is definitely an interesting little piece of electronicry. Mm, electronically? Electronically. You're making up new I'm words. making up new words as yes. I go here, folks. I like that word. Are we writing these down somewhere? <laughs> we should. Also this hour, Dr. Marty Becker with Internet Rumors. Uh, Tammy, what are you working on? I know, huh? <laughs> I absolutely froze. I was like, ah, I have no idea. Um, no, I do know, and this is really important. There actually may be a new cancer treatment for dogs coming on the market this year, and the same treatment may be adaptable to cats and to horses in the near future. So this is fantastic news. Okay, well, that sounds exciting, and you should just stick around because we're in rare form today here at Animal Radio. Oh, no I kidding. Don't know what it's about. <laughs> is there a full moon? Uh, somewhere. <laughs> we have Steve on the phone. Hi, Steve. How are you doing? Uh, good afternoon. I'm doing great. And yourself? Very good. Where are you calling from today? Uh, right now I am in Louisiana, just outside Baton Rouge. Well, Steve, you are on with Dr. Debbie. Hello, Dr. Debbie. Got a question for you. Got a French okay. Bulldog. Picked him up about a month and a half ago. And she just, um, she gets car sick now. Okay. And it really kills us because we love taking them all for rides, and I don't want to have to leave her at home and take the other two. And has she always been that this way, or is this some? It's just something that came out all of a sudden. She'd get car sick. And does she, um, tell me what she does. Does she have a shaking, trembling? Does she vomit? No, she, well, she starts drooling real bad, and then all of a sudden you won't know it, then you look down your lap, she got sick. Okay. She doesn't make any noise or anything. She just okay. starts drooling real bad. And if you get into the car and just sit in the car, does she seem to have any anxiety, any kind of uh, disturbance about being in the vehicle? Oh, gosh, no. She loves it. So okay. it starts moving. All right. Some of the tricks that I have for dogs that have car sickness, um, I guess the first thing is there's two different kind of groups of dogs. Dogs that have anxiety about getting into the vehicle, and they tend to shake and tremble and make a, a whole to-do about it, and, and they may get sick, and they may actually vomit. Those are more of an emotional type thing, and we have to approach the anxiety there. For those dogs that actually have more of a motion sickness um, issue, um, it's truly more the movement of the vehicle um, that upsets them, and, and, and they'll tend to drool or vomit. For those dogs, and if your doggy fits in this category, I would definitely make sure we don't have any food stuff or even even water prior to car travel. I want to do that for probably about four hours, maybe five hours. The other thing is there's actually a new drug on the market uh, called Serenia, which is actually made with the label directions for pets with car sickness. 
and it's a uh, anti-nausea medicine. Uh, we use it a lot for other medical problems, um, but it, it would be something I would definitely look at for your dog um, if we're dealing more with this motion sickness. That S-E-R-E-N-I-A, Serenia? C-E-R-I-N-I-A. Because it's, it's a horrible yeah, thing when you have to try to reassure them and there's... You know, the nausea, the, the drooling, it seems to be the worst of it. A lot of dogs will just be covered in, in saliva. So, so good luck with that. I hope that's helpful for, for both your pets there, Steve. This is Dr. Debbie, one 405 Our very own Dr. Debbie has written four books, Yorkshire Terriers, Shih Tzus, Pugs, Mini Schnauzers, How to Be Your Dog's Best Friend. She's really quite the author, if I might say so myself. She's multi-talented. Sorry, I just spit on the microphone. <laughs> And you can learn more over at Amazon. It's a Kindle book, and we have links over at AnimalRadio.com for that. Good morning. Good afternoon, Pam. Whatever it is where are, where you are, how are you doing today? Hi, I'm just fine. Thank you for taking my call. What's going on? My sister adopted an 8-year-old Boston Terrier, sweetest dog, but she has an odor. After about three days after a bath, she has an odor again that's really, you know, smelling the house up. So we're hoping that maybe you can tell us a good remedy that would not hurt her skin or coat that she could use for her. Okay. All right. Well, I've definitely got a lot of a lot of tips on this one. Now, the, the big question is that you say that after the bath, the odor goes away? Yes, it does. Okay. Because some of the first things we look at when we're talking about stinky odors from dogs, I look at the mouth, make sure there's no dental disease. I make sure, look at the butt and make sure those anal glands are attended to because those have the most god-awful odor to them. Um, yes, they so, do. so, I'm sorry? I said yes, they do. <laughs> yeah. So, so those things we really work at, look at that first and then I'll start attacking and looking at the, the pet as a skin. Um, pet skin as the potential cause um you know is the is the doggy itchy or scratchy have any patchy hair loss anything going on no she does not she's very healthy okay good well that's awesome one of the first things i'll do um is make sure i replace the dog's collar with a brand new one um reason is i solved a dog uh who had horrible skin odor every time after the pets was bathed it got better and then it started getting nasty and stinky and some collars uh, if you flip them over on the backside, especially the nylon ones you can actually get a lot of odor and kind of oil uh, secretion on there so before you spend any money on anything medical make sure you check that first that being said then we start looking at other things um i would talk about the food uh examine the ingredients on your bag of food sometimes dogs that have fish-based ingredients in their diets can have an inherent um odor to their skin so that too is an easy fix if you can figure that one out then you can move down the list there Next from there, we start to get into some of the skin-related problems, uh, things that might be things like seborrhea or what we term as hyperhidrosis. Those are specific uh, types of skin changes that can happen with allergies, uh, hormone problems, um, some of those type of problems. There's different therapies where shampoos and topicals that we might go with different directions there. The way to figure that out is to see your vet have them do some quick skin tests and to see what's going on on the surface of the skin. Um, if there's not a lot going on and we don't have signs of allergies, then we kind of go and deal with more of this kind of hyperhidrosis, which is basically a lot of the apocrine uh, sweat glands that just kind of produce this, oh, it, it's not even a greasy uh, fluid. It just sometimes feels greasy to the touch and you won't see anything on the skin. Um, so that's, for those that's pets, what we, she's we, saying. 
Ah, okay. So for those yeah. pets, we we don't really want to overbathe, and we want to make sure we address potential underlying causes. And the number one cause of uh, that type of problem can be underlying allergies. So. Unfortunately, that too, you'd want to get to the vet so you can start looking at some remedies to deal with that and different types of shampoos because we don't want to use degreasing shampoos. We don't want to use those type of products on a pet who has more of an allergic uh, skin disease with hyperhidrosis. So um, so that's very different there. Um, those that have more of like the orangey yellow sebum, kind of the buildup on the skin, and you can see different things adhered to the skin surface, you know, that's going to be more of a maybe a seborrhea type Direction, and that's going to be more decreasing shampoos, things with sulfur or salicylic acid in the shampoos. That's more appropriate for that. Um, and then also, if the vet's taking samples from the skin, we really look for mites. We look for things like bacterial infections. And in many cases, we really got to get on uh, therapy for those, uh, be it an antibiotic or an antifungal uh, tablet that can really help tackle that. Because, yeah, you will have a temporary improvement in pets that have those kind of infections. And then as soon as that bath effect wears off, then you're right back to square one. So um, I don't see how we'll get out of this without going to the vet. Um, but okay. I wish I had that, that little microscope with me that I could kind of see through the radio because um, that really, um, a little bit of the CSI work really goes a long <laughs> way with these kind of things. And, um, you know, Hal and Judy know that I'm like all about uh, looking under the microscope. And uh, uh, yeah, smells too. I do like to... Um, diagnose things with odor so but uh, we're working on the technology though that you can hold up your pet to the radio and dr debbie could instantly cure them but uh (laughs) nothing yet nothing yet we wish you the best of luck with that pam hopefully you'll find a solution there well thank you so very much and i will pass this all on to my sister thank you very much 1-866-405-8405 underwriting for animal radio comes from stella and chewies not only just a great food but they underwrite animal radio That makes them number one in my book. What about you, Judy? Well, the fact that my dog, Ladybug, loves it makes them number one in my book. Touche. Has she selected one of the favorite flavors, or is she still trying the chicken and the venison and the super beef and the duck-duck goose and the phenomenal pheasant? You know what? She doesn't have a favorite. She loves them all. Oh, good to know. I know. I know what to get her for Christmas. (laughs) More information can be found at StellaAndChewies.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Dogs fulfill our practical and emotional needs in a thousand ways, and we can return the favor. Voice is a way for you to fulfill that promise. You can help your dogs reach their potential and live their best, longest, healthiest life. Voice is more than just an activity tracker or cloud-based data that you and your vet can access. That not only helps detect illness, but help to prevent it. It's a shared experience that deepens your connection to your dog. Voice. Understand your dog like never before. Do you have an anxious dog? Maybe one that suffers from travel sickness or is afraid of thunderstorms? If so, you need the Anxiety Wrap from the Company of Animals. The Anxiety Wrap can help comfort your dog from fear of thunderstorms, fireworks, separation anxiety, nervousness, and much, much more. The Anxiety Wrap maintains a gentle pressure on acupressure points in your dog's neck, chest, shoulders, belly, and in the rear legs thanks to its patented leg straps. Order yours today at www.companyofanimals.us. Animal Radio's Hero People is underwritten by Zuterin, the only FDA-approved non-surgical method for sterilization of male dogs. Zuterin offers an alternative to neutering male dogs, thus helping reduce the pet overpopulation problem. 
One injection provides a safe, permanent, and virtually painless alternative to surgical castration. Zuterin, a permanent and cost-effective alternative to neutering male dogs. Learn more at www.zuterin.com. That's Z-E-U-T-E-R-I-N.com. At Stella and Chewy's, they're dedicated to the simple proposition that pets should be healthy and happy. Their commitment to quality starts with their ingredients. Every Stella and Chewy's product is made with raw, naturally raised meat, poultry, or fish, sourced from USDA-inspected facilities without added hormones or antibiotics. Unlike commercial pet food, which is one of the most highly processed products on the planet with much of its nutritional value cooked away, Stella and Chewy's dog and cat food is nutritious and delicious. Learn more at StellaandChewy's.com. This is Fred Willard on Animal Radio. Remember to spay and neuter your animals. I've had it done to me. It's not that rough. <laughs> You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. I just did a cat enema, too. It seems every time I get on air, I do something really weird. Either eyeballs popping out or enemas in cats. <laughs> a cat enema. That can't, I'm pretty sure that you have to put on gloves for that. Right? Yeah, gloves and sometimes protective eyewear, I'll tell you. Sometimes when you get a little liquid, it just kind of propels things and... Oh, my gosh. Yeah. You know, your job is one of those jobs you either love or hate. i got to tell you that right now. you you got to like grossness. I mean, any kid that wants to be a veterinarian, if you can't stand the smell of dog poo or you can't stand something really pussy or boogery looking... (laughs) It's not for you. you. You gotta love that stuff. And you do. I do, yeah. I guess so. Were you like that from a kid, from a teenager? Did your parents freak out? Oh my gosh. Yeah, you know, I think what they really knew they were in trouble when I had a, a little pet, um, lizard, a little fence lizard, and his name was Rambo. And he was, he was a delight. You know, I loved him. You know, I wasn't really allowed a lot of pets, believe it or not. So, um, I loved him and he died. And oh. I wanted to know why he died. So, uh, my mom came home and I was on the kitchen table dissecting him oh. after he had passed away and um, granted she you know I still got dinner that night but um, she was very disgusted <laughs> I used the kitchen table for that purpose <laughs> so you were, you were doing an autopsy is what you were doing exactly just trying to you know deduce the cause of death and did you figure it out um well it, it, actually it was a combination of things but i was trying to force feed him and i uh, kind of contributed to part of the problem he had uh, oh. a cricket stuck in his throat yeah. uh. <laughs> but he, he, there's a lot of things you learn when you have these critters you learn what they need and and that's a very important thing that uh, you know learn the husbandry their diet their uh, temperature environment all that very good well you've come a long ways if you have a question for dr debbie right now one 405 405. I, I believe we have a call for Joey Villani. We have Lorraine on the phone. Hi, Lorraine. Welcome to the show. Hi, how are you? Doing good. What's up? Well, I have a question um, about my dog, and he likes to swim, and now the weather's getting warmer. And I was wondering about the, the chlorine in the pool. Does that affect their coat? And, you know, when I have my dog groomed, is it okay for him to jump the same day in the pool? Like, what do you do about that? You know what? The chlorine is is not really good at all for the coat. Uh, matter of fact, you will definitely want to get it out of the coat. And the best way to do it is when your dog comes out of the pool and he's not 
or she's not going back in anymore. If you can, you know, get some, you don't even have to shampoo it. Just get some conditioner and okay. get yourself some clean water, okay? And um, what mm -hmm. you want to do is just rub the conditioner in, rinse it out with clean water. Because what happens with chlorine is n not only the obvious, we know it's going to dry out the skin, it's going to chafe, irritate, and all of right. that, but it's going to build up in that coat. And when chlorine actually dries, it actually leaves a residue, and sometimes it's even powdery. You can see it. So what mm -hmm. ends up happening is that will build up in the coat to the point where it could start knotting and tangling because anything that leaves buildup is going to be a little bit sticky. So when hair moves and it binds to itself, it's, it's going to move, bind, move, bind, move, bind, and then I have knots and tangles. So by rinsing it out and conditioning it, it's just going to help it out um, immensely and you won't have any problems at all. So cool water and conditioner, any conditioner or pet conditioner? Well, pet conditioner is, is, is always best if you have it, um, which which okay. I would definitely recommend. Um, but if you have nothing okay. else, people conditioner is not going to really hurt all that much. Mm -hmm. It's still going to solve the problem for what you need it for because you're going to be rinsing it out completely anyway. Okay. But it will help your situation immensely. And, yeah, definitely get that out of the coat. And don't use any, any type of dry shampoos with that because you mm -hmm. could have a chemical reaction with the chlorine and whatever product you're putting on the dog. Wow. So that's oh, why you want to okay. rinse whatever it is away. 1-866-405-8405 to connect with the Dream Team right now at Animal Radio. Uh, let's see. We have a call for Dr. Debbie, and it's BJ. Welcome to the show, BJ. Hey, Al. Dr. Debbie. Hey there. <laughs> How are you? Well, good. Good. I just got a puppy that, well, my baby, in about the last three, four months, he'll be four years old next month. Okay. And he is decided when he was a baby, he's a Boston Terrier. So being reckless of feel like he's got them buggy eyes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're adorable with that. Well, that's what I love them. But you, you always have to take the dew claws off because mm -hmm. they, okay. they rub their face and tear up their eyes. Okay. So I had his dew claws taken off when he was a baby. Okay, and so, what's he doing now? He's now licking where that dew claw was. Okay, and, and just he one of the legs? And licks and licks on both front feet. Mm -hmm. Am okay. I getting arthritis? Well, the answer is maybe. Um, for pets that, with these front dew claws, there's some controversy whether we have to take them off in some breeds of dogs um, or if we just leave them well enough alone. Um, so for various reasons, such as rubbing the face or really athletic dogs that may tear them up uh, if they're really cutting into the, the ground, um, they'll tear their dew claws, whatever reason. So if we end up taking those off, there are some unusual consequences that sometimes can come up. And, yes, we can occasionally see arthritis in, in the wrist, it's not terribly common, and it's something that um, we could pretty easily pick up off of an x-ray to see if that might be the case. There are also dogs where, depending on the surgery and the technique and so forth, I have occasionally seen dogs where they'll kind of grow back a little bit of nail tissue. Um, if that little bit of the, the germinal tissue, the part where the nail grows from, if that hasn't been completely removed, that can kind of fester, cause some problems, and even grow back into some form of a nail. So that, too, a physical exam with your vet and, and maybe even an x-ray would help to kind of figure that out. But the, the, the third thing that can happen, from actually from any surgery, but we sometimes see it with some of these amputations, whether it's from a limb amputation 
skin, a toe, um, or even tails in dogs. We've seen this. And, and it's something called paraesthesia, and it's a type of nerve pain, which is very much like kind of that pins and needle feeling. And it's kind of a, uh, a triggering of that nerve where there's really not necessarily a painful stimulus, but it feels weird. And it can either be a type of nerve pain or it can have this tingling feeling. So for some of those pets, once I've ruled out that other stuff that, you know, there's something more serious going on with that joint, sometimes we'll try treating with medications geared towards that. And there's a couple different ones that I'll use. One is called gabapentin. And it can be very helpful for dogs or cats that chew and like mutilate their tails um, or body parts. So if they're really obsessive, sometimes it's not that they're just being naughty. Sometimes it feels weird and there's something going on. So a medication like gabapentin would be something I would definitely give this baby a try. Um, and then there's even some tricyclic antidepressants that we can use for some pets if, it, if there's other triggers that we think are going on. But um, I would definitely get this kid to the vet and, you know, let them take a look at that and see if we need to take a, a, a picture of that to, to figure figure this out a little bit more because there's a lot we can do. It would be an allergy because he's allergic to everything. Yeah, and I guess the things when we talk about, you know, if he's focusing on the dewclaw itself, it would be strange for a dog to focus on the dewclaw with allergies. Allergies are kind of systemic, so they affect the in-between-the-feet, the ears, the butt, um, all sorts of areas of the body. So it would be very unusual if this was the only place that he was focusing on and working on, and to blame that on allergies. So uh, just kind of keep that in mind, and uh, give that baby a pat on the head. I love those big buggy eyes. Uh, <laughs> they're adorable. Uh, you just got to take extra cautions with those eyes, don't you? Yes, we do. Thank you for your call, BJ. We appreciate it. And uh, we're here to take your calls at Animal Radio at one 405 8405 You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at one 405 8405 After a long day of chasing that frisbee, there's nothing better than wrapping your paws around a cold bottle of dog beer. That's what Terry Berendin, a pet shop owner in Holland, thought, so she created a beer for her wine moraners. Berendin consigned a local brewery to bottle her non-alcoholic dog beer and named it Quitzbel Beer. Quitzbel Beer is a Dutch word for wagging a tail. The beer is made from beef extract and malt, and although it's fit for human consumption, she's marketing the beer for dogs who need a break from uh, taking naps and wagging their tails and eating and playing with dog toys. And I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. This is Animal Radio. This is an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Supplies with thousands of quality products at low prices every day so you save on every order. Visit fosterandsmith.com. And I'm Tammy Trujillo. This may be the year for a new cancer treatment for dogs. TVAX Animal Health of Kansas has gotten $2 million more in financing to begin clinical testing in dogs this year. The company has already gotten approval from the U.S. Department of Agriculture to sell its products to veterinarians for treating cancer in dogs, cats, and horses. It says the clinical trials are designed to gain additional data on the types of cancer the product can treat in dogs. The company expects the product will be available to vets in the U.S. later on this year and in the future for cats and 
horses. Over $1 billion is spent in the U.S. each year on treating cancer in pets. Pop superstar Michael Jackson, we all know he was totally in love with exotic animals. And it's been somewhat of a mystery about what happened to them all after Neverland Ranch in Santa Barbara County in California closed. But now we learn the bad news that Michael's seven alligators and a crocodile died last month in a fire that also destroyed a video production studio at Gerald Wayne Interactive Zoological Park in Wynwood, Oklahoma. Deputies suspect arson because the park received a threat before the fire. The state's fire marshal and the FBI are investigating the blaze. The weather is getting warmer, and that means we're going to start hearing more stories about animals and kids in hot cars. Not if a brilliant young lady has her way. This this young lady is amazing. Nancy Dominguez is a mechanical engineering student at UT Dallas. She did her internship at the AT&T Foundry in Plano, Texas. That's where new ideas are fabricated into technological prototypes. Well, she came up with an invention that uses a thermometer, a wireless connection, and an infrared sensor coupled with a motion detector that can see if something living is inside a car. Now, once the sensor recognizes that a person or an animal has been left behind in the vehicle, it tracks the temperature. When the air inside the automobile gets too hot or too cold, the gadget sends a text message to the driver. If the driver doesn't respond quickly, the device then alerts emergency responders, passing along the car's location and make and model. And this is something that could be incorporated into the electronics of a smart car. There appears to be a whole lot of interest. Now, as for Nancy... This is unfair. Since she was an intern when she created the device, she would not make any money if it winds up in your next car. But she does say it helped on her resume and hopes it might help her get a job with AT&T after graduation. Go Nancy, that's what I got to say. I'm Tammy Trujillo. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Drs. Foster & Smith Pet Supplies. Visit FosterAndSmith.com for pet supplies selected by veterinarians with 100% satisfaction guaranteed. Doctors Foster and Smith, your trusted source for quality, affordable pet supplies. Veterinarian owned, with veterinary expertise behind every product. Doctors Foster and Smith has thousands of name brand pet products, including pet medications, all with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Low prices every day, so you save on every order, with free shipping on orders $49 or more. Fast service delivered right to your door. Shop online at fosterandsmith.com because your pet's health and happiness come first. You know, Canine Caviar for their great human-grade ingredients in your dog's food. We now continue that tradition and excellent pet nutrition with seven single-serving cat food trays. We love our cats and dogs, and that's why we're featuring all human-grade tuna, salmon, and chicken proteins with other hand-chosen ingredients to promote proper nutrition. They're in environmentally friendly, recyclable, BPA-free plastic trays. Look for Canine and Feline Caviar products at your local pet supply store or online. For more information, call 800-392-7898. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It is Animal Radio, and our new pet product special continues. Let's see. We're on week three. I think you had that wrong. Oh, I did have it wrong. It is week three. Yes, it is. What was product number five? Well, it was Kitty Kush Catnip. You might remember. Product number four was the Green Interactive Feeder from Company of Animals, a great way to prevent your dog from getting bloat or just eating too darn fast. Exactly. And uh, remember, we have giveaways of everything we're talking about. Week number three brings us 
something special, this little gadget that I'm holding in my hand. And we have Dr. Amanda Landis Hanna, a director of veterinary medicine for Voice. Hi, how are you doing, doctor? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me. So I'm trying to think of a simple way to explain to listeners what this device is that I'm holding in my hand. It's a wearable band. I know it lets you monitor your dog's health and wellness. What What do you call this? What you're holding is a band called Voice. It's a health and wellness monitoring device that can track your dog's resting heart rate, resting respiratory rate, activity, calories burned, distance traveled, as well as rest metrics. And that information all goes into the voice experience, which the client can access anytime, anywhere, on their smartphone, their laptop, their notebook, anywhere where they are. They so I can go to my phone and check out my vital signs of my dog? You can, in fact, find trends for your vital signs for your dog. And what that does is, as a client, it gives you a certain degree of peace of mind. It can allow you to do things as simple as check and see if your dog walker is actually coming on time. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, wow, okay. Uh-oh. I know. It can also do things as, as advanced as, by sharing that information with me, your veterinarian, I can help you pick up on trends so that we can help to diagnose diseases sooner. What kind of diseases might we find uh, with, with the information and the metrics that we get from the device? Absolutely. So with the metrics that you're getting from the device, we can pick up on things as basic as pain. So one of the things that we will start to see is we'll start to frequently see a dog starting to fidget more in the night or maybe their activity levels are dropping off. It's very easy for us as very busy individuals to lose track of how many minutes your dog is walking on any average day. I can't even keep track of how many minutes I'm walking on any given day. So what this does is this allows us a way to keep a more objective view of what your dog is doing so we can pick up on things like pain, arthritis. We can also pick up on earlier indicators of heart disease and respiratory disease, even heart failure. The sooner we can get to those issues, As a veterinarian, that increases the chance that I'm going to be able to treat it more successfully. And none of us wants our pets to suffer. So it gives you a chance to be much more involved in your pet's care. You know why this is so great? I mean, when we go to the doctors, I can say, I can point and say, okay, this is where it hurts, doctor. Absolutely. As a veterinarian, you really are at the odds of trying to figure out what's going on by what you see at that moment. And our doctor, Mm -hmm. Dr. Debbie, she says, if your dog is doing something strange that's erratic, that probably won't happen at the vet. Mm-hmm. Film it on, on, on the phone and take the, the pictures to her. So veterinarians are using more and more of these electronic devices to gather information so that they can diagnose what's going on. This must be a, a godsend for you. It's absolutely brilliant. For me, um, I've been a practicing full-time veterinarian for the last 13 years, including being a medical director. And I was really looking for tools that were available for me to get more in. So what I mean by that is I only have X amount of minutes in an exam room with any given patient. And that's a lot to try and get in, not only from the education, but also from the physical exam and really understanding what the patient's are doing at home what the clients are reporting. And sometimes um, a particular client may not have an exact recollection. Maybe it was two weeks ago, maybe it was three weeks ago that a particular event occurred. All of this gives me more objective information so I can really help to pinpoint what's going on. I can help save the client some costs because now I'm able to more specifically make recommendations for certain tests or certain treatments. And it's great for the clients because now they're even more involved. They have access to education and to materials that they never really had access to before. 
And for me as a veterinarian, being able to look back at, say, for instance, your dog's activity level or calorie burn. Maybe your dog is gaining weight because he's not as active. And we all feel like we're just as active as we always used to be, but maybe he's not as active when you're not at home and you haven't had an opportunity to really see that. So I can track that day-to-day, month-to-month, year-to-year, and by having that information, I can help you pick up on trends, and you as the client can actually come in and help educate me as well. Mm. Claire of Costa Mesa just tweeted us. She wants to know, she says it's a band. Do they wear it around their arms? And no, I guess we we failed to explain. It's sort of uh, like a collar, right? You're absolutely correct. It's worn very similar to a collar. It's worn um, comfortably, so there's about two finger widths uh, of space, the same way that you would wear a regular collar. It can be worn in addition to a regular collar or as a replacement for a regular collar. We do advise if you're going to take your dog for a walk that you don't actually attach the leash to it because it does um, offset some of the activity. We want to make sure your dog gets all the credit that it can get for the activity. Mm -hmm. So you can use a harness or a head harness, whatever you're most comfortable with. My personal dog, Sophie, she actually wears her collar with her ID tags as well as her voice band, and she she walks around like she's got on a bunch of jewelry. She looks fabulous. (laughs) i got to say it is kind of sharp looking. I mean, it's a good looking device here. And it is our number three pick for Animal Radio's top new pet products for 2015. Here's the URL, www.mydogsvoice. And this is spelled with a Y, V-O-Y-C-E dot com, mydogsvoice.com. And you can go on over to animalradio.com. We have links to everything you've heard on today's show and all of the pet products that we've been talking about the last few weeks. And we continue for the next couple of weeks. Doctor, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Of course. Dr. Amanda Landis-Hanna, Director of Veterinary Medicine for Voice and I4C Innovations. And we're going to head back to the phones. You want you want to pick up on one of these? Toll free. 1-866-405-8405 right now. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at animalradio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Dogs exemplify the very best of humankind. If that's ironic, it's also intentional. Because we created dogs as we know them. New, more perfect beings that didn't exist in nature until we humans realized we needed them. To be our protector and our companion. An embraceable furnace and fluffy pillow. To be shepherds and nannies, peace officers and visionaries, grief counselors and loneliness banishers. Dogs fulfill our practical and emotional needs in a thousand ways. They enrich our lives, keep us from harm's way, complete our families, teach us what it means to live in the moment and to age with courage and dignity. In short, dogs help us reach our potential as humans, and we can return the favor. You can help your dogs reach their potential and live their best, longest, healthiest life. It's a promise you make when you bring a dog into your home and your heart to do whatever you can to understand, love, and care for them. Voice is a way for you to fulfill that promise. Voice is more than just an activity tracker or a fitness band. It's not just a website or cloud-based data that you and your vet can access. And voice is more than the only professional-grade product on the market that not only helps detect illness, but help to prevent it. Ultimately, Voice is more than a tool. It's a shared experience that deepens your connection to your dog 
and your dog's connection to you. Voice. Understand your dog like never before. It gives me great pleasure to introduce to you, if you didn't know him already, the dog father, Joey Volani, and he's on Animal Radio exclusively, unless there's any other radio shows you want to tell us about. No? <laughs> no, they're not, no, we're exclusive. I mean, unless there's something I don't know about. Yeah. What about TV? You doing any TV lately? Yeah, my, my dog's 101 um, rerun. It's still on Animal Planet. Oh, that's, that's cool. Um, that, you know, that, that's, that's about it. You catch me usually on, on Sunday mornings. That's usually what I'm watching. Yeah, and I, I check. you go. Yeah. Do you get money each time it plays? Royalties. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> you know, Just fame. Didn't have a good contract at the time. Now, if they showed Groomer Has It again, you know, that would be different. But Dogs 101, no. You got to do know, another Groomer Has It. That, that would be fun. Yeah, believe it or not, that just might be in the works. I'm not saying any more than that, but that might be in the works. Ooh. That'd be cool. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. Hey, I was, you know, this, this, this tip actually comes from me bringing my dogs, um, to the veterinarian today, um, to get a dental. And, um, a woman asked me, and it's a really, really good question. Should she have her dogs groomed? Her dog was going in. And, of course, more than just a checkup, was going to go in and have some sort of surgery done. Um, should she have her dogs groomed before or after? Well, after, and, wouldn't um, you? Well, no. And this is, you know what, that's why this is a really good question, I'll tell you. The first thing is, is you want your dog to go in with as the least amount of hair as you could possibly deal with. Now, I'm not saying go and shave your dog, but if your dog is, you know, if you like your dog in a haircut... I would get the haircut done, and if the dog is on a routine base, like it goes every four to six weeks to the groomer, you don't have to worry about it too much, but I would try to get it done as close to the veterinary appointment as possible. Now, this is where it changes. If you have your dog that gets the six-month grooming, or you just you don't get your dog groomed that much at all, you're just embarrassed to bring your pet to the veterinarian because they're dirty, I would do it at least two weeks out before the um, before the appointment or before the surgery. And the reason why is what you don't want to happen is if you have these once-a-year groomings where your dog could get irritated or the skin may get infected or something that the grooming could cause because of the lack of grooming. And again, it's just easier for the um, technicians to work on the pet because they get less hair, less matting. It's a clean dog, so it just actually makes you look like a better um, pet parent as well. But also, and the most important thing is, is you don't want to go in with any irritations at all. So I thought that was a really good question that she asked me that because that was exactly why she was asking. Good to know. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on, learn more. Hi, this is Anne-Marie Lucas from Animal Precinct and the ASPCA, and when I'm not out busting bad guys for abusing animals, I am home listening to Animal Radio. It's Animal Radio, my friend. The number is toll-free, 1-866-405-8405 to reach out to Dr. Debbie or dog father Joey Volani. And don't forget, you can ask your questions directly from the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's a free download, thanks to those folks over at Doctors Foster and Smith, so go do it now, and 
I heard that they just updated the app. has a bunch of new fun stuff on it. Cool. I'm going to check it out after the show. If I did it before the show, I would get it would be one of those rabbit holes. I'd be still doing it. <laughs> still, we wouldn't see you. Yeah, here. I wouldn't see yeah, you yeah, for hours. Yeah. Hey, Dr. Marty Becker is with us. Hey, how you doing? Oh, it's a great day in northern Idaho. It's snowing. Is it is, really? Uh, yeah. With the, it's funny. I've been traveling and I come back and everything's pairing up. The bluebirds are paired up. The chipmunks are paired up. There's coyotes are paired up. And, the, uh, and everything's all together for a nice uh, mating season. And then all of a sudden, you know, everything's coming out of the ground and all the animals are around that you see in spring and unexpected snowstorm. Wow. Mm. Kind of late in the season, isn't it? Or is that yeah, this, normal? It can be normal. Listen, you're on today to talk about Internet rumors, and as I've always said, you can get so much misinformation from the Internet, and that's the one thing that you know for sure. You know, I, lo- I love the Internet. We all love the Internet, and you talked about going down a rabbit hole, how easy it is to to follow something and, and get involved. And, you know, I just don't play a veterinarian on TV. I'm a practicing veterinarian. I was practicing earlier this week, and I had somebody, uh, you know, ask me, what about that pet food I hear about that's killing all these pets? I fed that for years, and and uh, do you think that's why it might be sick? And I and I told him there's an expression in Latin called post hoc ergo propter hoc, and that means afterwards, therefore, because of. And let me tell you what that means. Okay. This is how this is how these panics and witch hunts get started. Is classical logical fallacy. Like you're on uh, the Loch Ness. And you all of a sudden, something tips your boat over, and you were sailing, and now you're floundering around. But somebody told you that they'd seen Nessie that morning. Oh, that must have been Nessie that knocked us over. It wasn't the fact that we were sailing incorrectly. And so if a dog or cat was destined to become ill with whatever, an infection, cancer, organ failure, the owner had coincidentally used another product in the preceding days, it's human nature to want to associate something new with the outcome. So if a cat dies of kidney failure, that would have happened anyway, and they just happened to switch to this pet food the week before, oh, that looks bad. But in fact, there's there's almost certainly no correlation. So you you... You know, th- think of the past, you guys, Judy and Hal, how many times we've seen this. Febreze was killing all these pets. Oh, oh yeah. And I remember that. And it was nothing. And then greenies were choking to death, and my dog choked, my dog died. They went back and, and did the research. First, they went through veterinary emergency specialists, ER specialists, and looked at their databases. Then they went through Banfield, the pet hospital, and VCA, these large chains that had accurate data, and in fact, it, it just didn't happen. It was one of those things that got a hold of itself and everybody's, you know, my dog died from it, it ate it and it died from it. And, you know, Mars swoops in and buys a company for 10 cents on the dollar because of all the products <laughs> problems when in fact there wasn't anything wrong with it. Mm. So what do you do? You know, you don't want to, if somebody, you're alarmed and you think, okay, and I don't, I'm not mentioning any names unless you want me to, but if, if somebody, I'm feeding this food, and uh, there's tens of thousands of people. There's an online thing, and these dogs are all getting sick, or I'm using this parasite control product that the veterinarian recommended, and it seems to be working really well, but I hear dogs are dying of organ failure from it. You know, what What do you do? And I think there's two things you can do. Is is One is understand how these knee-jerk responses happen and the broken megaphone of social media panic and scare tactics rather than data and science that uh you know which is which is what we want to look at so there's two sources to get the data and science one is your local veterinarian uh they certainly just like if there's an outbreak of canine flu in chicago right now we're already hearing about it across the country yes. so we're on alert for it in neighboring states 
if there were in fact something wrong with this food, that's one of the first questions we'd ask you. Yeah. You know, if oh, we, this food, remember back at the pet food recall, that was a valid question back then. But. Well, and I think everybody's a little bit uh, on edge because of that, because for so long, so many animals were being uh, killed by melamine. Melanine, what, what was it? Melan- the, yeah, melanine. Yeah, melanine. Yeah, melanine. Post, melanine. Mel- 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 melamine. Yeah. You, you, know, you know, here's the thing. Like, they don't know what causes these kidney problems with Chinese source treats. Mm-hmm. We know what we know what happens. It's been documented in many veterinary hospitals. The FDA's looked at it. Uh, different veterinary groups have looked at it. We still don't know. But there's a case where I don't personally use anything sourced in China, nor do I recommend it because we just don't know. But these commercial foods that you're hearing all these problems about, it's just not true. In fact, the one food that you talk about all the time, that's one of the foods that I fe- actually feed. And the parasite control product you've been hearing a lot about, that's actually the one I use for my own pets. Hmm. So so the other place is Snopes.com. Uh, and, uh, you know, S-N-O-P-E-S. Yeah. Because there's level-headed information interviews. There's not media hype and headline grabbing. And uh, when you go to the conclusion, looking at these pet foods or looking at these parasite control products, there's no data to support any of the claims, period. So um, what, what I worry about is people, oh, gosh, I'm going to not use this parasite control product because it could kill my pet and then all the risks that it puts that pet under. And I want to, we'll have to do a whole show on this sometime, so don't get me started on this. But the, <laughs> the, the, the number one thing pet owners waste money on, yes, by far and away, 10 to 1 over everything else combined is pet food. Ah. Uh, spend your money on taking care of periodontal disease. Make sure your pet's yep. on parasite control year-round, those kind of things. That Make sure they get to visit the vet at least once a year, just to yeah. check up. You know? Yeah, I, 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 had, I was busy all day Thursday seeing pets, and... And at least half of them, I caught a problem early on. Good. Dr. Marty Becker, it is always fun to have you on the air, and we learn so much from you. Is there a website people can go to to learn more about you? Uh, go to drmartybecker.com. As in drmartybecker.com, and we have links to everything you've heard on today's show over at animalradio.com. That's such a good group. Okay, well, you know, it's that time again. Boy, we should extend this into a three-hour show. What do you say? No. Not. Okay. <laughs> We're going to get out of here and go walk our dogs. I want to thank Dr. Amanda landis Hanna. I love that name, Rosanna Dana Dana. You remember her from Saturday, <laughs> Saturday Night Live? Saturday Night Live. Saturday yeah. Night Live. Uh, we'll continue next week with our new pet products special, more giveaways for you. Uh, so we hope you're there for it. If you can't be there, go ahead and download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android, and you can listen anytime you want and ask questions anytime you want. Have yourself a great week. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone. is Animal Radio Network.